Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, thanks for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday the 25th of July. Coming up, a restaurant in Ashford has been served with an enforcement notice after a man found a cockroach on his plate. But first, a cyclist has suffered a broken collarbone after being pushed off her bike while riding through Edenbridge. Katie Good is a triathlete and was due to compete in a world championships. She was on a training ride at the weekend when she says she was deliberately targeted by two people in a car on Marsh Green Road. Another cyclist stopped to help the 32-year-old and the tech on her bike immediately alerted her boyfriend. She was taken to hospital for treatment and is now recovering. Our reporter Cara Simmons has been chatting to Katie and her partner Olivier van der Bent Kelly. It was also quick like I know the NHS were incredible yeah that you hear all these things in the newspapers like oh everything's really slow like everyone was so friendly so quick like they're phenomenal like it was really really efficient I think was like the doctor who saw us he was he was furious he was absolutely livid at the situation he just like couldn't believe that had happened to Katie um but was and was really apologetic for it and he was just like really reassuring and yeah just kind of expedited how fast Katie was seen which was great but but luckily ended up in a ditch so (laughs) was yeah head to toe covered in mud but oh yeah it was uh, I I luckily I turned up at A&E basically at the same time as Katie and she was covered covered in mud and it was just um I think what I find scary though is like they push me and like obviously I broke my collarbone and it really hurts but in the grand scheme of things it will heal and I'm very lucky like I've only got scratches mm. and bruises everywhere else but I could have easily landed on my head yeah. or there was like a lamp post a signpost a bit further ahead and it's just I don't know why someone would ever do that mm. but the consequences of people doing that or even being aggressive to cyclists like I know sometimes cyclists get a bad rep and some cyclists could probably behave better. But at the end of the day, like we're just humans on a bike and I was by myself. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't causing them any issues. They could have easily have overtaken me. You know, they they didn't even have to give me that much room, but to just actively push someone off their bike, like, you know, I don't know if they've got daughters or sisters or mothers, but like, I'm just a human, like cycling, like not doing any harm. And that's what I just find really sad. Like, I just, uh, yeah, I just find it unfathomable why someone would do something like yeah. that. Just don't get it. Do, do you regularly take that route then? Is that a route that you do quite often or is it? I've actually never cycled that route, but ironically at the time, I was like, gosh, these roads are so quiet. Like it was, it was such a nice bike ride. Um, and all of the cars had been like super well behaved, had given loads of room. So I was actually having a really nice time. I've had yeah. different bike rides in Surrey where, you know, some cars have sworn at you or beeped at you, but I had nothing. Mm. It was just a really nice route, but yeah, I'd never done it before. I, I've done that area. I like I've I've cycled around Edenbridge like loads. Like a lot of some really good hills around there. So it's an area I know quite well. And it's normally relatively quiet roads. And as Katie said, I think as a cyclist, you you become immune or you become used to it's part of cycling to get honked at or have aggressive people or passing too closely or not realizing that you should give a lot more space. Um but I think this takes it to a whole new unprecedented level, which is just, yeah, just unacceptable. 
Police are keen to hear from anyone else who might have seen two people in a black car. Elsewhere today, a van driver's been jailed after his two passengers were killed in a crash on the M26. Nigel Butler's vehicle collided with a lorry on the coastbound stretch near Rootham in October 2020. An investigation concluded that he'd fallen asleep at the wheel and the court heard he'd suffered symptoms of excessive daytime sleepiness for a number of years but didn't tell the DVLA. The 57-year-old from Headcorn Road in Sutton Valence has been locked up for 27 months. Now, 16 years after the death of a man in Ashford, police are renewing their appeal for information. 19-year-old Ashley Dighton was last seen near Sainsbury's in the town and he was found dead with his head missing in Woodland in July 2007. More than a 1,000 people were spoken to after police launched a murder investigation. Kent Online reports. A Kent dad says he's been left £10,000 out of pocket after his holiday to Rhodes was cancelled because of the wildfires. Faversham farmer Chris Elworthy was due to fly out to the Greek island with his wife and two children. He's struggling to get his money back as they didn't have the natural disaster cover on top of their normal travel insurance. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. An Ashford restaurant's been served with an enforcement notice after a customer found a cockroach on his plate after finishing a meal. Nicola has more details for the podcast. Well, it's probably everyone's worst nightmare and it happened to Aidan Jefferson when he visited Ashford Indian Diner in the Lower High Street. He ordered a chicken curry while he was out to celebrate his mum's birthday and only made the grim discovery after finishing his meal. The 18-year-old told the waitress who consulted the owner and apparently said the cockroach must have gone into the food after they cooked it but Aidan said that doesn't make it any better. It's understood the restaurant offered the party of six a discount but after being put off their meals the family didn't want to pay. So what happened next and how did the complaint end up escalating? Well according to Aidan the owner got involved and told them they were barred from the restaurant. He ended up writing a review on Google and the boss responded calling their claims fake. His mum then sent a complaint to Ashford Borough Council and officials were sent to carry out an inspection. A spokesman for the authority says the business has been served with a notice in line with their enforcement policy. The statement goes on to say, we continue to work with them to ensure all pest issues have been addressed. Well, Kent Online has approached Ashford Indian Diner for a comment on several occasions, but at the time of recording, we hadn't had a response. Thanks, Nicola. Kent Online reports. In other news, a Ramsgate man who subjected a child to more than a decade of cruelty has been jailed. A court heard Jason Robson held a knife to his victim's throat, pushed them down the stairs and forced their head down a toilet. The 47-year-old from Grummock Avenue has been told he'll spend the next eight years behind bars. A woman's been taken to hospital after reportedly falling from a shopping centre balcony onto a pensioner. Police and paramedics were called to the Glades in Bromley yesterday afternoon. Her condition is not thought to be life-threatening. Another woman in her 80s was treated at the scene for injuries sustained in the fall. 
Next up, Romney Marsh mum says she'd rather not stay in her house after constantly having to deal with flooding. Vicky Storey says the problem started as soon as she moved into the property in Brooklands eight years ago. Her garden's regularly covered in water and now cracks have appeared in the walls. She's been speaking to our reporter Chantel Weller. You get to the point where you feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall. Um, the ladies that take the phone calls are very nice, very polite. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything against them because they, they've always tried to help. But it always seems to be when it goes up the process where it's supposed to be dealt with, um, you probably get lip service here and there. Someone might come out, someone might look at something, someone might go around with a board or a piece of paper, and then nothing gets done. Um, and then you just get to the point where. It, 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 it felt like at one point it had destroyed me mentally um, and that was all before Covid and then obviously Covid and then my father dying and um, it was awful, it was awful and I, I think I got to a point in time where I actually didn't do anything, I, I just couldn't deal with it um, but then prior to the mains water catalyst burst out here and um, with this constantly going on and then with the water noise inside um, and then the cracks obviously don't forget the cracks um, it just came to a head and I think I became I'd like to say invigorated that's, that's probably not the word I need um, but I was I, I felt that I had the energy again to just try and get this dealt with and so far, <laughs> going back round in circles again. Mm. Um, so tell me what you think is happening underneath your house to cause this. Personally, in my opinion, um, obviously I'm not an expert, um, but ever since I've taken on this property, there's always been something happening with regards to water, whether it be wastewater or surface water. Um, there's always been something damp issues, uh, the black mould, um, uh, the lounge that had to be dug up, um, which took me years to get them to do. Um, I've always had an inkling that there's something wrong under the house water-wise. I've asked them over the years, please put cameras down, please have a look, dig something up, and I get the lip service, yes, 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 we'll do it, and it never gets done. Um, so over the years, yes, I believe that there is definitely a, a major problem with water under this house. And then obviously, we then get this massive burst of mains water happen, um, alongside exacerbating the issue with the drainage tank thing here that can't cope with the best of times. Um, and it's just, now it's just hundred times worse. We're told Southeast Water have detected leaks and are working with the council to get them fixed. Kent Online reports. A Maidstone couple have paid tribute to their brave and positive daughter who's died aged just 17. Caitlin Goodsell was born with a complicated heart condition and suffered two strokes by the age of 13. She underwent a transplant in 2021 and managed to return to school where she'd started her and managed to she underwent a transplant in 2021 and managed to return to school where she'd started her A-levels but passed away in April.
Rules could be introduced in Medway to make sure properties that are rented out privately are up to a high standard. Councillors have agreed to look at whether additional licensing needs to be brought in for the sector. They've described it as a positive step forward. Meantime, there's less than a week to have your say on what you think about introducing red routes in Medway. Bosses are looking at having them on five roads in the towns to improve traffic flow and cut pollution. Fines would be given to anyone who breaks the rules. Nicola's been chatting to Councillor Tris Osborne to find out more about the plans. Red routes are pretty common, actually, in many other areas around the country. And the aim of them is, is three, threefold, really. They're aimed to lower congestion, so making journey times more reliable, uh, reduce delays on essential services, um, such as bus routes, and more importantly, preventing illegal and unsafe parking, which prevents um, traffic from flowing uh, actively through our town centres. Um, and we're consulting on five strategic locations at the moment, all very busy roads um, in the centre of our towns. Um, and we hope and we're open to consultation at the moment, which ends uh, on Sunday this week, uh, where we, we're getting people's views on whether they would like these proposals or whether they don't want these proposals. And how do red routes differ from double yellow lines? Because I know one of the routes you're considering is through Raynham, Raynham High Street. And I know for a fact that does have double yellow lines already on it. How would a red route differ? Yeah, absolutely. So double yellow line restrictions at the moment allow for people to drop off and pick up. Uh, they give a 20 minute period to do that. Um, a red route would not allow that um, at all. So it restricts, it's a further restriction on um, parking. Um, it also would designate periods of time for people such as business owners who wish to bring in goods and services. Uh, we would designate a time where they would do that. So for instance, if a lorry was coming to unload, they would have to do that at a particular time of day. So they're not preventing commuter traffic from uh, from getting blocked up. So it just gives us an extra tool, really, to um, ensure that, as I say, it lowers congestion at key moments of the day, reduces uh, delays to, to buses and other uh, vehicles that need to pass. And it's, it's just a way of uh, active transport improvement that works in, in many other places across the country. As you said, you're consulting on it now and you've identified areas where you would like it to happen. Do you want to tell us where they are more specifically? I can, absolutely. So we have five strategic locations um, are, are being consulted upon. So uh, you might have seen the A2 Raynham High Street is, is probably the one that's uh, most in on, on the social media platforms at the moment. There is a meeting tonight and hopefully, uh, you know, we will be listening to people's views there. Um, Corporation Street uh, in Rochester, the Esplanade uh, continuing on to Star Hill. Um, um, we're also looking at Street between Union Street and Railway Street in Chatham, and also the Brook between the Brook Theatre around Whiffins, Arrow, uh, Whiffins Avenue and a new road area. If the red routes were approved, say, you know, the vast majority of people were for them, you said, OK, we are going to put these red routes um, in place. What's kind of the time scale? How quickly could that happen and how will you enforce them and, and make sure that people don't stop? on those roads at given times? Yeah, absolutely. a good question. Look, we're, we're currently still in the consultation phase at the moment. So clearly we, we don't want to prejudge that consultation phase. Um, depending on the responses, we might make changes uh, to proposals. Um, we might um, take the proposal away entirely. So um, we would look really to a delivery into next year. So um, over the course of this budgetary year, we'll be to get that confirmed, bring a paper to the relevant authorities in and overview and scrutiny bodies in the council for them to engage in the processes, take into account the views of members as well, the elected members for those areas. So we haven't got a fixed timetable for implementation. Um, it depends on all of those factors, but we would look to introduce, in reality, 
the proposal is at this stage next year. I'm sure many people want a journey through Medway to be a lot quicker than, than it is at the moment. But some critics might say this is just another money making exercise for the council. How would you answer that one? Right. So any money from the payment of fines will be reinvested back into Medway streets to improve the road network. So the net benefit of these um, the, of any infringements will be going back to the taxpayer in terms of improving streets. Um, they're not going to apply to emergency service vehicles or other vehicles, including taxis and blue badge holders. So we are being cognizant and aware of, of some more vulnerable communities. But in addition to that, this, this problem not only helps us to invest in our road network, but it also reduces congestion. So ultimately, if people don't disobey the, the double yellow lines or the double red lines, then there will be no fines issued. And I think most people are aware looking at them in that operation around the country, that actually this is about improving uh, traffic uh, and improving and reducing delays to uh, to buses and other services. So I think most people can be rational about that and, and have been. Um, but again, we're going to listen to the consultation responses. Kent Online News. A bus service taking passengers between Sheerness and Sittingbourne has now been taken over by a new operator. Arriva cancelled their 334 service along with nine others. Chalkwell have taken taken over the route, which is key for many residents going on and off the island. A new cafe built from shipping containers is due to open on the site of an old bus depot near Ashford. The hub was given planning permission to build near the River Stour in Way back in 2021 and construction started last November. The idea is to cater for cyclists and it's due to start welcoming customers in August. Now, you might think the sound of pile driving is quite annoying, but a drummer from Maidstone seems to be putting it to good use. A video shows professional Tom Mitchell playing along to the sound of a building site in Downswood. Here's a clip so you can have a listen. Former West Kent College student says he wanted to try and get something positive from the disruption. Kent Wildlife Trust has been awarded £100,000 to help animals, including the European bison, roam more freely in the southeast. They were given the money by the Rewilding Challenge Fund to help rewild tens of thousands of hectares in and around the Bleen Woods complex. They'll work with the RSPB and Woodland Trust to create green corridors for wildlife and boost ecotourism. A water park that was due to welcome its first guests in Ramsgate this summer has now changed locations. The inflatable fun park is made up of huge blow-up movable pools, slides and paddle boats, which uniquely can be set up on dry land. It's the first of its kind in the UK and will now open at the Aylsham Welfare Leisure Centre near Canterbury on the 3rd of August. A bit of showbiz now and Jules Holland says making his latest single reminded him of when he first loved playing music. The pianist who lives at Cooling Castle on the Hoo Peninsula features on Brighter Days, which is out now. The song, which was written by Emily Sande, has been completely reworked by Revival, a music collective who reinterpret classic tracks into upbeat dance records. Jules says he loved working on it. The day I went, 
I just had the flu or something. I was, remember I was just getting over something, but it actually made me feel better just sitting there in the room playing along. It was like suddenly it lifts you up because the, the joy of music is the most important thing. That's the reason everybody does it in the first place. And finally, a lavender field in Kent has been named as one of the most Instagrammable in the UK. Castle Farm near Seven Oaks has been tagged more than 13,000 times, putting it fourth on the list. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.